and welcome to the business community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. And slightly less background noise, maybe, this week. Maybe. Although, we did just have a bit of a worry about, was it my fridge? Was it the wind? Was it the fan on your laptop? And that's what it was in the end. We think it's the fan on the laptop. But if uh, if you do hear any background noises, then you'll just know that we're recording this in Heather's office and life goes on around us. Yes. Yeah. The heady heights of Oswestry. And the windows open. And the windows open, because we're women of a certain age. Yeah. And we need a bit of air. We don't want to be too hot. No. No. So, subject for discussion no. this week, Heather. Yes. You found an article and you, you pinged it over to me. It's quite old article. It's from 2015. But it caught my eye. And it's about business jargon. Uh, Plenty of that around, doesn't it? Oh, my it? goodness. It was in The Guardian, and it was talking about 10 words you should avoid at all costs. So it sort of set out um, some of the things that people have been using for, well, for the past few years, uh, like disruptive. Okay. And we've talked about that. Yeah, we, we, we did talked whole, about it as a subject yeah. about disruptors, haven't we? Yeah. How um, do you feel about business jargon in general? Um. It has paid my bills over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of my uh, earlier good career moves involved translating jargon between different disciplines. So uh, business studies degree, but also IT and also accountant. And um, I've worked in a number of areas where I was translating well. In one particular area, I was translating between accountancy and treasury, which used quite different jargon, and the IT department. Okay. Because they all had their own very specialist jargon, which they hid behind, and I was sort of like liaison go-between, so that was quite interesting. But is that the same as business jargon? Uh, So there's business jargon... I wonder if that's more um, like technical speak, you know, like yeah. medical speak. Yeah, I suppose uh, and so. It's, uh, so then you're acting as a sort of conduit between... A translator. A translator, yeah. yeah. Between different yeah. languages. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think jargon has ups and downs as well, doesn't it, then? So if we're just talking about things like disruptors or even things like um, brainstorming, it, mm. it went off. The radar mm. a little bit, didn't it? Brainstorm wasn't mm. a thing that you used, and now brainstorms are back in a bit more, aren't they? Um, mm. But there's a few bits of jargon that I really don't like, and a few that I really not bothered about. So, one I don't like just because somebody put an image in my mind, and now I can't get it out oh, of my mind. Dear. So somebody said um, it might have been on Twitter or some other social media platform um, that they didn't like the phrase "let's touch base." Okay. Because they don't, they don't want anybody touching their base. Thank you very much. Okay. They don't mind having a meeting or getting in touch, but please keep your hands off my base. <laughs> and once you, yes. And once, once that image is in my head, you are really... yeah. Shall we touch base? No. 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 Hands to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But and a colleague I found out a couple of weeks ago really hates the phrase bottom up. Okay. <laughs> In, in the terms of like compared to top down, yes. So yeah. bottom up communication, bottom up innovation, yeah, yes. And she really hates it, and which is quite sad because I was, um, I was facilitating a bottom up innovation exercise at the time. Oh, so. And she 
didn't like like comfortable with it. What about you? Well, this article actually um, has, as usual, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole afterwards. But the articles got quite a few things. Like, for example, um, and as you say, some of it I'm not that bothered about. Um, Like annual leave. Yeah. And they're like, well, they say... Is that jargon or is that just like a, a useful phrase? Well, they say, well, can't we just say holiday? But then annual leave doesn't necessarily mean that you are on holiday you could be taking a day's annual leave to go to a funeral that's not a yeah. holiday is it no so that so there's some upskill why don't we just say training um you know we've got the whole blue sky thinking and they're talking about um generation y z millennials why don't you just say the age group of the people that you're referring to so, I'm generation x there you go. They've not even mentioned. <laughs> no, and, and I think that's quite typical. Of, from what I've read, Generation X, they sit back with a glass of wine and observe all the goings on between the uh, the baby boomers and and the millennials. Yeah, <laughs> we just observe with a glass of wine, and that's fine with us. Yeah, yeah. Let them crack on. <laughs> yeah, but another one is um, uh, that they, they were saying they don't like is dynamic. I don't. I think dynamic is just a, a pretty good description. Yeah, something's dynamic. It's it means it's moving. It means that there's momentum to yeah, it. Energy. Yeah, they've suggested new and exciting instead, but I think dynamic's quite different to new and exciting. New and exciting is more sort of innovative, isn't it? Or perhaps you're not allowed to say innovative. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, this article know. doesn't like touch base either. Um, they don't mention touching somebody's bottom, so um, that isn't their particular or concern. Up. Like, oh, but, oh wait, yeah, nominated cheers, really. <laughs> I mentioned two with bottoms, haven't I? Sorry. Um, value add, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence with some of those, really. I think disruptive is is useful because it, it it suggests instead in the article why not use new or innovative but disruptive is actually for me it evokes something about you know you're shaking up that mm. industry you're doing something so radically new so radically different that it's made everybody stop and think new innovative just sort of fits itself into the industry like moving forward yeah, but if you disrupt the industry you've just shaken it all up haven't you and everybody's got to work out where they fit mm. so i'm not sure i totally agree although um i'm sure um if we went through a whole list of other jargon i'm sure i'd find some that i find well, can i can i share some with you that go on I then let, let's see how so uh, having read, triggered i am having read that article <laughs> yeah. i did a bit of a, a google search uh, and um Indeed.com seem to take a slightly different approach in that they see it as an opportunity to educate educate candidates who are going for job interviews about the sort of business speak of the moment. Okay, right. So, so what is that? Here we go. I'm so glad I'm not fluent. Boil the ocean. You what? <laughs> okay. No, I don't get that. Well, what's that? What's that? Oh, God, I'm behind um, the times, obviously. <laughs> to describe an action or project that wastes a lot of time. Example, don't boil the ocean by alphabetizing our client contact information. Boil the ocean. Like, the pudding? I suppose it's yeah. that sort of... Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I think of boiling oceans, I'm thinking of climate change and, and all the stuff that we're doing to destroy the planet. Yeah. Okay. Alphabetizing your client list is hardly in that same category for me. But anyway, okay. I've learned something new. Okay. Thank you. Here's Can another, you one. another one. Yeah. Over the wall. 
Throw it over the wall. Oh, get rid of it? No. Send informa- important information to a client or customer. Over the wall? Yes. Over the wall, to me, sounds like bin it, scrap it. Yeah. Chuck it into the long grass. It's like a barrier there, isn't there? If, you've got, if you have to throw it over the wall to a customer, <laughs> what, what's your communication like? Here, catch. It might hit you on the head as I throw it. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling really out of date and out of touch. Imagine if you went for an interview. If, if I were interviewing somebody and they started talking about this stuff, I'd be like, no, no. Yeah, what are you, you doing? You job. <laughs> That look on your face. I think if I saw an interviewer looking at me with that look, I'd say, thank you very much. I'll get the coat. (laughs) Go on, try me with another one. I'm intrigued. Jump the shark. I've heard that somewhere, but I'm I'm not sure. So this is where a company or product struggles to stay relevant to the public or its consumers and clients. Example, I don't know how a juicer for my car is useful. It feels the company has really jumped the shark. Okay. Okay. Now, Tiger Team. Tiger Team? Um, I'm thinking of Frosties. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Tiger, yeah. Tiger, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. This is a group of individuals who share an area of expertise and they can develop an action plan for a specific problem or challenge. So like the A Team, the Hit Squad, but it's the Tiger Team. Oh, crap. <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> Hit me with some more, Heather. I don't want to go to this interview. I really okay. don't. Okay. Um, a straw man. It's like a wicker man. Well, straw rather than wicker. Straw. So something that can fall apart is a bit weak. Very good. An individual who has little integrity or substance. Okay. Not straw woman, straw man. Straw man, yeah. Moves Hold a, that thought. Moves a needle. Move the needle. Um, so I'm thinking of a record player, vinyl record player, and you're switching track. You've had enough of that track and you go to another track. Or are you doing a little bit of tapestry? No, oh, not very good. No, this is getting effective results from a project or assignment that are meaningful to a company or business's overall goals. Basically means moving forward. Yeah, a line. Needle. <laughs> oh, is it like the speedometer or something? I don't know. No. I don't know. God. And, and I think we should end this piece with a hard stop. <laughs> hard stop? Yes. Okay, is that just like a stop? We have a hard stop for this meeting at 3.30 today so we can get to our next meeting on time. You mean just like a time table? We need to stick to time. (laughs) Stick to time, God's sake. Oh dear God, that is rubbish. So You've gone down some rabbit holes in your time, Heather, but that's really bottom of the fridge. (laughs) And do you know what? It reminded me when I was looking at this, remember years and years and years ago, very, very long time ago, I went for a job interview and I was punching slightly above my weight for the for the job, but that's that's the way to go. And I can remember the interviewer asking me what my ideal job looked like. Now, 30 years ago, that wasn't a phrase that, and I was kind of like, I don't think I understand. I said, sorry, I don't, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, what does your ideal job look like? Oh. And, and you know, when you're just thinking, I, I, I don't 
I don't know. If And she didn't help me by saying, well, describe to me what your ideal job would be. What would you would be, be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just that idea of what does it look like? Yeah. You haven't translated it. Oh, yeah. Whereas well, now, of 30 course... 30 years later, that seems a bit blind in the obvious. I know, but at the time it was a bit... Did you get the job? No. No. No, and it turns out they were a really bad company anyway. So, so I'm over it. I was disappointed <laughs> at the time. I turned up in my red suit, thinking I was, yeah, working girl. Working girl, yeah. Anywho. (laughs) Shall we have a hard stop on this subject then? (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, so yeah, we'll touch base again. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure we can leverage some more ideas. (laughs) Okay, um... Book review. This is based on something that I saw um, as a sample on Amazon and thought, well, that looks interesting. And I pinged it over to you and you said, oh, controversial. In fact, you went controversial. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it about the title, Heather, that made you think it was controversial? I mean, it's a book called Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? What's wrong with that? Uh, just, just thought it might just get some people's backs up. And might make us sound like we're men haters. Okay. We're not on a quest to slag off men no. who are in positions of leadership. We're more on a quest of fighting the corner for women who aren't. Exactly. And that's pretty much where this book is. Although I think um, they may well have um, upset a few people with, with his article. It was an article first, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So the author of the book is Thomas Chamorro. Premusic, I think, that's how you pronounce it, um, and he first wrote it as an article on Harvard Business Review, and has also done a TED Talk, Yeah, and uh, he's now, um, it's in a book, so how do so many incompetent men become leaders, and it takes it a bit further than the article, because um, the article just talked about that premise, um, it also goes on to, and how to fix it as well yeah so it's yes and i think that's really important and maybe as you as you said the way to think of the book if you would i mean if you title it for sensationalism so it catches people's eye which is exactly what's happened with us but you could also say why are so many incompetent leaders men yeah which is slightly less aggressive. Okay. Yeah. Also, you you could just narrow it down to who's who's sending you messages. I don't know. Just my, I don't know. Somebody, something, yeah. just bong. Sheep hoovers, motorbikes. If I turn the microphone down on my the speaker down on my laptop, what would happen is tomorrow morning I'm going to be on a Zoom networking meeting and I'm going to spend ten minutes trying to figure out why I can't hear anybody. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> We'll protect your dignity by allowing the occasional email (laughs) notification on the podcast. Yeah, so we could easily sum this up as confidence versus competence. Mm -hmm. And I think the the article pretty much sort of points that the problem is that a lot of people with overconfidence tend to get promoted over the people who are competent. But Having read a, bit, read a bit further into it, actually, I was, I was quite intrigued to read that it isn't just about women lacking the confidence or the women that don't get promoted. They actually have inner confidence and often they can show that the confidence levels are the same, 
but it's how they project it. In fact, some of the people that come across as supremely confident are actually externally confident, but internally lacking in confidence, and that's why they overcompensate. Or there are just some narcissists yeah, <laughs> as well. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah. but uh, some of the research that they did, I was I was really interested to see was that um, the co- the confidence levels can be the same, but some of the confidence is external in those incompetent people that get over promoted, whereas the competent people that aren't promoted are quietly confident in themselves. But that's the thing, quietly confident. Yeah, and it seems that historically, you. Unless you are outwardly confident, you you haven't you wouldn't be deemed as competent, and it's it's that shift because women um, and not I mean some men obviously yeah, this yeah, is obviously. you know this is not a blanket, uh, and some women can be you know can be can overcompensate for their, mm. their well it has been encouraged hasn't it and this is why I found the article and the the book really useful because it's something I've had a feeling for a while is why do you have to become a man and and to adopt that very alpha male approach in order to be considered a good leader you know, it, that, and that was something that you know, we were talking about at Margaret Thatcher from yeah. uh, decades ago to my kids the other day. And I was saying, you know, there was that sense of hope that a woman was in charge. But actually, she was a woman who acted like a bloke who didn't help any women. You know, she broke through the glass ceiling and then, like, slammed it shut. In fact, it wasn't glass anymore. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. hammered wood over the ceiling. Yeah. And, and it was about ad- adopting that... Um, quite alpha male approach to leadership and and I think he mentions in the in the book and the article about a lot of the advice given to women who want to move into positions of leadership are to lean in you know are to get that confidence are to become more like these overconfident men and he's offering an alternative approach to it and that really appealed to me because I you know after all the years, I know I can I can do the appearing confident bit. I've learnt that over the years, but at the same time, I don't want to do that. I've I've been overtaken in my career by guys who are full of bullshit but can't actually do the job. I don't I don't want to compete like that. No, one of the things that he said that that I've highlighted that just resonated. He he says that women's paths to leadership are undoubtedly dotted with many more barriers including a very thick glass ceiling. But the more I've studied leaders and leadership, the more I believe that the much bigger problem is the lack of career obstacles for incompetent men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because that people assume that that confidence that they portray, you know, that so that the traits of a narcissist are perfect because you think, oh, that's going to make a great leader. Let's promote them. Let's give them the job. Yeah. Because essentially... They're a narcissist, yeah. not necessarily competent or even a good leader. No, and he, and he quotes some some frightening statistics about how many people rate their boss, um, how many people leave that. We, you know, we've, we've said this a million times before. You know, people leave tend, because of your boss. Yeah, yeah, you don't leave a job. You leave. You leave a manager. You leave a boss. Um, and he, he's talking about some you know really big research. Um, programs you know where they've got thousands upon thousands of people and they're looking at you know how do you rate your how do you rate your boss um you know in fact he starts with if you google my bosses the first things that will come up is arrogant a git 
you know, <laughs> a pain in a nightmare, do my editing, whatever it might be. It doesn't, it, Google doesn't suggest that you're looking for my boss is wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And he says in the article that um, he noticed how odd it was that people were suggesting that in order for women to advance their careers, they too had to become dysfunctional. Mm. It's like, no, may, maybe we just stop promoting dysfunctional yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the the big message in all of this is that you should you should be yourself. If you're true to yourself, then people will follow you. Yeah. If, if you're clear, if you communicate, if you don't play tricks, if you're not bombastic, if you're, you're just doing your best work, people will respond to that. And if you're helping people to to do their best work, yeah. that's when it's a kind of a, you get in that sweet spot and it's a it's a win-win if that's not too business speaky. Yeah, well, it talks about some, some review of different personalities of, of um, leaders and uh, there's one I'm saying that women are more sensitive, they've got um, outperformed men with emotional intelligence, they're considerate, they're more humble um, and what we actually promote is the opposite of that. Whereas actually, if you're thinking about somebody to encourage a team and promote them and, you know, and, and get them to do, you know, work together, you want the person who's considerate, who's sensitive, yeah. who's humble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he talks about, and he talks about that bonding, that women are more likely to bond with their, not in a, of course, you know, you do need to maintain that, that those professional boundaries but actually that team dynamic, that bonding, is more likely to happen with female leaders than it is with men. And I don't know if that's because, you know, again, you know, in defence of, of, of guys, guys who are a bit, a bit too nurturing and a bit too gentle or too encouraging might be seen as soft yeah. or flaky, you know. And so it, it kind of works both ways in some respects. Yeah, well, it, I mean, you use the Margaret Thatcher example again, and, you know, to, I mean, it's not directly correlated, but um, in the article in the book, he does refer to political leaders as well. Yeah. And I think it's quite apt at the moment. Yes. Um, how um, people who can get the job find that they can't do the job well. Mm. Um, seems familiar yes. but yeah with Margaret Thatcher with any man that she she didn't consider strong enough she called them the wets didn't she yeah yeah which it, a woman wouldn't ordinarily do it's not the sort of thing that I would expect from a strong female lead yeah who's true to her bloody awful boss yeah well yeah yeah I mean it would it would be yeah but, but she did what she had to do to get power, and that has been for a long time the acceptable route for a woman mm -hmm. to to get into a position of power. Yeah. And I think it's good that there are conversations going on now, um, which are just challenging that. You know, and, and you know, saying that um, arrogance and manipulation and narcissism aren't necessarily the best qualities for yeah, a leader. If, yeah, if you're. I think I haven't read all of the book. I don't know if you have, um, but you know, even just looking at the uh, the index. There we go. There's the motorbike. There's the motorbike. Um, that's obviously just somebody on their way home at this time of night on a Tuesday <laughs> night. Um, uh, but he, and the point you made right at the beginning was that he also then talks about how to fix it. Yeah. So he talks about 
how to distrust our instincts, how leaders can get better. So he isn't just saying... Um, yes, the article very much sets the idea yeah. out. And I, and I thought at first when I, I started to read it, oh, it's just a rehash of the article, but it's not. It is taking it further, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the important yes. thing. Yeah, and, and, you know, he talks about... You know, charisma and you know what how men uh, are deemed to be charismatic women you don't normally say that women are no, charismatic no, it's not a, it's not a term that you use no you but, say she's bossy probably well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but then he does talk about where the female does have an advantage then he says right okay now that we've done all of that what does a good leader look like let's forget gender let's this is what we're aiming for and then how do we get there and why is it? Oh, what does a good job look like? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> to take you. you back to your yes, interview. Your, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really worth pursuing. I've not read all the book yet. I've, um, I've read um, the first part. I've read the article and it's really, yeah, it's, it's just turned on some buttons that made yeah. me think, yeah, actually, I want to explore that a little bit further. Um, I think a good place for you to start is perhaps go and read the sample, read the article on HBR, look at the TED Talk, and then decide if you want to go and invest in the book. Yeah, Google Books has got quite a big chunk of it. Um, I know you can you can download a sample from through Amazon, but uh, it's quite a big chunk of it that oh, really good. helps you... You know, sometimes you need to read a bit of a book, more than just a sample, to get a sense yeah. of whether you more than just with the introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a sense of what um, where where it's going to take you. So um, yeah. So even though we can't pronounce his name, um, that is a classic example of somebody who wrote an article and then turned it into a book. Why don't we do that, Trace? I haven't written an article. Well, we've got to start somewhere. <laughs> okay, so the book, Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? If you put that in Google, um, then you'll come across all the material yeah. that Thomas Chamorro Premuzic, sorry if that's wrong, has written. So have, have a look and see what you think. I think it's really interesting subject, and um, I'd like to see some development, some advancement in the, like those ideas, maybe start to see leadership um expectations changing and training for leaders changing it would be quite interesting to hear a man's perspective on the book yeah do they feel threatened by it yeah you just... yeah it's interesting because the company i work for is doing some um, leadership training at the moment and uh and as I was reading the, the article, I was thinking, oh, I wonder where it's pitched. Is it pitched this side of the article or that mm -hmm. side of the article? Mm -hmm. So I shall find out. Excellent. So we're going to profile somebody now who leads quite a big business. Um, might not have been what he intended to do. Uh, how do why did his name crop up? He was... he was in the news and I just saw him and thought, there we go. <laughs> There's somebody there's, we haven't talked about. There's somebody we've not talked about. He's a British businessman and a CEO, um, and is of a company that I've actually used. So oh, you bought? Okay, I've bought white goods from um, AO, which Dot is the company. Um, AO is an online retailer specialising in electrical goods, and the person we're profiling is co-founder John Roberts. I know that their advert says AO. Let's go. AO. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and then I will never be really sure about where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going 
somewhere. I'm not coming with you. I don't know where you're going. That's very sensible of you, Heather. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> so Roberts, uh, John Roberts, he grew up in Bolton, went to Bolton School. Um, he's, he's a bit... I was intrigued that Wikipedia put his birth date as 1973-1974. Yes. And I wonder where the confusion comes there. Was he born on the 31st of December or into the early hours of the 1st of January? <laughs> or maybe whoever's put the entry into Wikipedia couldn't be bothered to, to look to at it. To do a bit further. more. Yeah. So I, I had to look at um, Twitter. Um, so he he's John Roberts AO on there. He has about the same number of followers as me and V, Heather. Yeah. Um, and he describes himself as founder and CEO of AO, on sidewise ed chair and one young world counsellor, passionate about exceptional service, leaving the world a better place and making mum proud. Ah. And his Twitter profile, I mean, and we'll talk about the business in more detail, but his Twitter profile, and you say, you know, he's got about 2,000 followers. He's only following 215 um, people or or businesses. And when you look at those, um, a lot of them are, so we've got like James Timpson and some, you know, some, some, some people that we might have talked about in the past, Marcus Rashford, business people. But then we get onto lots and lots and lots of organizations about youth work. And that's a big part of who he is. Um, and I thought that was really telling that he's not following the usual suspects. He's following things that I think he's probably genuinely interested in. And certainly based on his little bio. Yeah. Meant mum proud. I just think, yeah. you know, that's, that, that's really, really quite nice. sweet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's married um, to a Sally Roberts and has five children. And apparently he's not letting his children work for the company nor will they inherit it. And he's considering putting his wealth into a charitable trust. I don't know the source of that quote, um, but that is something we're seeing quite a lot of, isn't it? Um, is it Theopophetus that we talked about? Is, is he the one, or is it Valentine? It's one of the dragons um, said that. It's one of those two. Yeah. One of those two. <laughs> and so Mr Roberts is doing the same. If you were if you were his child then, so I, I wonder about this. And then they said, oh, "I've built up this company, but you're not having it." I'm not. How would you feel? Would you be? Oh, I'd quite like to work in that company, or I'd quite like to inherit that company, or what would you think? Well, given that my folks had absolutely no money, so it was never really something I ever had to consider. But sitting here now, I'd like to think that I would say all right, I'll go out and prove myself elsewhere. Mm. And then you'll want me working for your business. Yeah, well, one would assume that he hasn't, like, disadvantaged them and sent them to the worst school in the area. Yeah, I think they've got shoes on their feet and things like that. So he's probably paid for, you know, for for certain advantages for them and hopefully, you know, they've they've gone on and and they're going to do good things, I guess, but... Yeah, it's given them the best start, perhaps. Yeah, I don't honestly but, know how I would feel about that. I mean, with my parents now, they they have, well, they have a, business, got a business. Yeah. Um, but I'm not expecting to have anything at the end of it now. Mm. Interesting. There was an article in Management Today um, where he was um, being interviewed, and he he, t- he talked about um, wanting to be he wanted to be a double glazing salesman. <laughs> okay. Um, which his uh, his head teacher wasn't very impressed with. 
I was thinking when we were kids, actually, there was a lot of double glazing being sold, wasn't yeah. there? We, we were really quite innovative in our house. We had double glazing quite early on. And it was that aluminium frame oh, stuff yes. that went really pitted and... <laughs> It was pretty awful. Well, you used to you used to have um, gangs. You'd see them. You get gangs of young lads in like Saturday night suits and their fa- their father's tie, <laughs> knocking the door, trying to sell you double glazing. And they'd work in area, wouldn't they? And then they'd they'd go off. But his headmaster said, um, uh, "That's disgraceful." Disgraceful. Ooh, what are you going to do with yourself, boy? Um, and he said, "I'd never make anything of myself and to get out of his office." Uh, wow. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> from somebody who's supposed to work in education that's quite a thing that's isn't it? horrendous isn't it you hear so many stories from, from people who have gone on to good things that then tell that story i wonder how many people have actually taken it to heart and it has broken them mm. and they haven't gone on mm. to do good things so you know you hear about the ones who say so you yeah, yeah. I, i've succeeded and flick the v's at them retrospectively but surely the damage that they do to Oh, so yeah. many people, yeah. you know, that we yeah. don't hear of. Yeah, he he um he 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 didn't sell double glazing. He went to work in a warehouse. But in this interview, um, and and this this was the heading that they put in the um the the, the headline for the article. Um, what advice would you give your teenage self? And he said, results give you options. And failing my A level stole them from me. You have to attend anyway, so you might as well give it your best shot to give yourself choices down the line. Uh, and it's like, yeah, actually, that's, really, that's really sound advice for somebody who's going, why am I even doing this anyway? Because surely the world owes me a living. Well, no, not exactly. Um, do the best that you can so that you do have those options. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? So maybe his head teacher did, in 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 saying that, did spur him on to... Yeah, it's a great thing. Maybe. I don't know. I'm being know. very kind, aren't you? I'm trying to be. Well, I went straight for property. You know, we have a, I like a, a little bit of a look at property. So, um, what a recent article from uh, March this year. Um, he's applied for planning permission to build an office at his 40-acre home. Okay. Um, and he he lives uh, on Greenbelt land, so that's why it's a news article. He wants to build a single-story building at Hawkshaw Hall, um, a former farm close to the village of Hawkshaw, which has been converted into a luxury family dwelling. I bet it has. Mm. Um, his wealth was estimated at two hundred and ten million in twenty nineteen, according to this article. And he's applied to Berry Council um, to have an oak-framed home office built um, with slate tiles and a mix of natural random stone and timber doors. Oh, sounds, sounds very nice, doesn't nice. it? Yeah. Um, also, um, he's also had permission previously for the installation of an outdoor swimming pool. I'm picturing this property, you see. Yeah, this is, so this nice, is me and pro- I love a bit of property. I can hear the gravel drive yeah. with the car. An outdoor swimming pool, a hot tub, an outdoor kitchen, fire pit and relocation of an existing timber barbecue hut. Wow. Shouldn't barbecue indoors, should you? That sounds dangerous. I imagine it's it's just like a frame. <laughs> Is it just a roof? A barbecue hut with a... I don't know. 
Um, so whilst the proposed office will not be physically attached to the dwelling, it would be in close proximity, separated from the main house by nine metres. If I separated a building from my house by nine metres, <laughs> I'd be three doors away. <laughs> um, but it's it's been prompted by the fact that he's been working from home and it needs a separate office space. Maybe there's not enough rooms in this nice big house. Um, but it sounds like a very nice um, office space. I it, like the sound of it that. It does. And and obviously, he, you know, AO, they sell white goods. Um, you know, they're a... He wasn't, he wasn't even planning to set up an electrical retail. You know, that wasn't... Well, I read somewhere that... Um, he he set it up because of a bet with a friend. Uh, yeah, something that he couldn't change the face of the white goods market. Sounds a little like disruption to yeah. me. Yeah, oh, disruption. Ooh, change the face <laughs> of. Um, but he has. The industry has changed. Uh, Twenty one years later, um, and his one pound better sort of it's paid off. Paid off. <laughs> Thanks, so. his mates missed. But, but the, one of the latest news stories that I found was about the fact that... Um, so he's not just piling them high and selling them cheap and get, you know, delivering them. They are now starting... The, the company, AO, um, are... You know when they drop off a new dishwasher and they take your old one away? They're reworking and, and um, repairing the equipment that they're picking up mm. and then they're selling it. They've got an eBay channel, so they're selling it... Um, it's reconditioned, so it's not going into landfill. It's not going into to the recycling network. It's actually becoming accessible, so it has another lease of life. And they're doing this out of um, a warehousing crew, uh, which uh, obviously they'll be safe. Um, it's near to my parents' business. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, well, there we go. Latchford is the yes, yeah, that's right. neck of the woods. Um, so yeah, so apparently in the first month. They um, they handle nine hundred appliances a week, um, and they they they've got these engineers so that they repair um, fix them, test them, and then um, sell and sell them. Oh, on. I like that. Uh, I also read as well that um, they they're good with uh, culture and customer service as well, which I I wouldn't have really necessarily associated. You see an online retailer, you think it's pile it high, sell it cheap, don't you? Um, but he has been recognised, um, this thing called the AO way, as, as, um, as an ethos. And he's also been, wait for it, recognised as an inspirational leader. Oh. <laughs> um, and ranked in the top 10 CEOs to work for by Glassdoor. You, you, you say about the, um, it, again, this is on Twitter, so he'd got, um, he'd got a trust pilot... Um, review or he not he the business um 100 perfection and somebody was saying you know how amazing and he has replied um on twitter and he says thanks mark uh, at ao we believe in principles not prescriptions treat every customer like your grand and make your mum proud you don't need lengthy training videos for that simple excellent I'd hashtag AO let's go. AO <laughs> let's go. I've got an earworm now. Thanks very much, Heather. And maybe all of our listeners will as well. They'll all be growling at you when this is finished. I'm, I'm glad we researched him because I, I really didn't have that expectation of, like I said, I've bought stuff from AO. 
I, I didn't notice anything exceptional. But at the same time, I suppose I think about it, I didn't notice anything bad about it either, which is probably the most important thing. That is the sign of really good customer service when you don't even know that you're getting it. It's just meeting every, all of your expectations because everybody's expectations are different and they're just delivering on that. It, yeah, it's yeah. The, when something goes wrong, that's, uh, that's when you really notice. So if you want to have a look at some of the charitable work that he's been doing, um, he's, a, he's a trustee of the AO Smile Foundation, which uh, provides support to disadvantaged young people in the UK. He's chairman of Onside Youth Zones, um, which is an initiative that transforms youth provision in the UK. God, we do need it, don't we? I mean, it's been decimated yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, and his overarching goal is apparently to ensure that no young person is left behind, which is a very commendable goal indeed. We done then. <laughs> he just looks at me. Yeah, I think we're done. All right, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. That's all we've got time for this week on the business community. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, you can find out about all the things that we've talked about over the years at our website, which is thebusiness.community. We do hope you'll join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business. Bye.